Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. I'm excited today. We are beginning a brand new series entitled Three Cosmic Messages, a last day message to a hurting world before mm. the coming of Jesus yes. from the book of Revelation. We're glad you joined us for Hope Sabbath School and welcome to the team. Good to be together. Yes. I, I'm sensing the uh, I guess a sense of destiny in studying this series from the book of Revelation on the three angels' messages. We call it three cosmic messages. So we're glad you're here. And we've got uh, some remote team members joining us. I think Shana's joining us. We're glad you're with us, Shana. And uh, joining us from New England, we're glad you're here. Welcome to Hope Sabbath School. We've also got uh, Travis joining us. Good to see you, Travis, up there in the in Michigan. And I think Addison's joining us, too, all the way from Texas grad school. Good to see you, Addison. Always get good to have you on our study together. We're glad you joined us, too, wherever you are around the world. We always are happy to hear from you. In fact, I'd like to appeal to you right now to send us a message at sshope at hopetv.org because when we hear how God is blessing your life, it brings joy to our entire team and to our media team as well because we're all part of this great miracle of God. So don't forget sshope at hopetv.org. Let us know how God's blessing your life. Well, thank you. Mumbe writes from Zambia and Mumbe says, oftentimes when I can't really get the meaning of the Bible, I switched to Hope Sabbath School, and mm. it helps me teach at my local church. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Amen. It is. Even at my place of work, where we belong to different churches, I deliberately raise the theme of Hope Sabbath School for the week, and we discuss it. Thank you, Hope Sabbath School. Amen? Mumbe, thanks for writing to us from Zambia. That's exciting. Karen writes to us from New Zealand and says, I watch Hope Sabbath School so that I can get a better understanding of the Bible. Amen. Such a happy, pleasant group of people on the panel who truly love Jesus. Amen? That's our prayer, isn't it? That's why it's important that we smile. We share the love of Jesus. Here is a beautiful note from a donor in Maryland in the United States. And the donor writes, Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Greetings. I'm truly grateful to be able to listen to Hope Sabbath School for years. I've written to you twice before, many years ago. I enjoy listening to the letters from different countries. I am from Venezuela, South America, but currently I'm living in the United States. I think you are excellent teachers. By the way, we've got, we've got 12 teachers in this series on the three cosmic messages. It's going to be really exciting. Awesome. You bring out the best in the group. Mm-hmm. I like the way that you say, help me, helping each other to share together. Mm-hmm. I'm also grateful for the scripture songs. Mm-hmm. May God bless Sister Morris. That's my wife, by the way. <laughs> Blessed as she blesses others with her scripture songs. I am visually impaired due to glaucoma, so my daughter had to type this letter. (laughs) Many blessings to all of the students around the world, to each one of you, and a gift of $500 to bless the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. Thank you. You know who you are. Thank you for your joining with us 
in this life-changing ministry. And thanks to each one of you who partners with us. You can go to hopetv.org slash donate or go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, and you can be part of the great miracle of God. We really appreciate your support. One last note from Chris on our Facebook page. We've got about 180,000 followers on our Facebook page. I was impressed by his simple message. Hope Sabbath School is such a blessing to me. Your words of wisdom, team, are food for my soul. Well, that's our prayer, and we're just so thankful that you can be part of our family, Mm -hmm. Global Hope Sabbath School family. I need to tell you we have a special gift for you, and then we're going to sing our new theme song for this series on three cosmic messages. Pastor Mark Finley and Heart Books is generously offering a digital copy of Pastor Finley's book, Three Cosmic Messages, as a gift to all Hope Sabbath School members who go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, click on the free gift button, and you can receive a free digital copy. Now, if you want, you can go to Amazon and pay for one, or you can order a hard copy somewhere, but but they're offering a free gift to you as one of our Hope Sabbath School family. Isn't that beautiful? So go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, click on the free gift button, and learn how you can receive a digital copy of a powerful book by Pastor Mark Finley entitled Three Cosmic Messages. But right now, we want to sing our theme song. Our theme song is taken from the book of Revelation that we'll be studying. It is the song of Moses and the Lamb from Revelation 15, verses 3 and 4. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Let's sing it together. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of the saints, who shall not fear you, O Judgments have been manifest. 
and I say, Amen. In fact, the whole reason for this series on three cosmic messages is so that all of our Hope Sabbath School family and tens of thousands more will gather and sing that song. I don't know, it may be a different tune, but it is the song of Moses and the Lamb that the redeemed will sing. Great and marvelous are your ways. Lord God Almighty, what a day that will be. Today, in our introductory study to the series on three cosmic messages, we want to look at the broad theme and our title, Jesus Wins, Satan Loses. Amen. A cosmic battle in the book of Revelation. And we may not capture all of the details, but we see clearly that there's a real battle and that Jesus, Son of God, our Savior, Messiah, wins the battle and the redeemed will enjoy eternity with God. Let's pray as we begin our study. Our Father in heaven, we bless your name today. We thank you for the revelation given to the Apostle John, recorded, guided by the Holy Spirit, preserved through the ages, so that we can study particularly the message for this last time in earth's history. And I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit would bless not only our team here, but our Hope Sabbath School family, maybe some joining for the first time today with a life-changing word from you. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, many people wonder what's going on in the world. There seems to be a great battle between good and evil. And that's difficult for people who've been taught that there's no God. But what is happening in the world and why is evil seeming to become more and more uh, rampant in the world? And we will find the answer to that question in our study today. But I don't want people to leave. I don't want you to leave and say, well, there's a lot of evil in the world. I want us to leave saying Jesus wins the battle. So let's begin in Revelation chapter 12. And Rodney, would you begin our study today in Revelation 12, verses 7 through 9. Now, some of you as Bible students may have read this many times, but imagine someone hearing it for the first time. A revelation given from God about what's happening in the world. Let's hear what the Bible says. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now that makes our head spin. How is it possible that there would be a war in heaven? By the way, the word uh, used for war, we get the English word polemic. But as I looked in the New Testament, that's used both for verbal argument and for real conflict. Mm -hmm. How could that happen in a perfect environment? Help me someone. Yes, Harold. Well, the thing is that God is love. And where there's love, there is no strings attached. So you have the freedom to choose either for love or against love. So we don't know how many angels there were, but apparently there was a uh, rupture 
in the angelic forces led by a, an angel once called Lucifer, according to scripture. Now he's referred to as that old dragon, right? The devil and Satan who leads. Revelation tells us about how many in that rebellion. About a third of the angels, it tells us, in that rebellion. Again, how is that possible? Maybe it's called the mystery of iniquity for a reason. But you're saying the angels had a free choice. Will we choose to follow God out of love or will we rebel against him? Why is it crucially important to understand what we've just read in terms of what's happening in the world today? Jason? Well, we can get very confused if we don't understand because when you see evil, you could even think, oh, maybe God caused this or this is God's responsibility. And we need to recognize that God is good and God is not the author of evil, is not the author of suffering. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Why, why do you think this is such an important message, Sabina? And just going along with what Jason is sharing, definitely we look around and there is so much evil happening. And definitely a person who goes through evil themselves may be suffering because of a disease or maybe they see violence being, uh, being towards someone in their family. And they may do wonder if this is caused by God. And if there is a God out there, why is it that God is not stopping it from happening? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good way for you to start and consider that God is love and he cares about us. So this revelation is really important, isn't it? Now, yes. Travis, uh, you're joining us remotely. What, why do you think this is such an important message? Well, Derek, there are uh, two reasons for me as I read uh, these verses that I feel it's important. It's important, number one, to realize that we're in a battle between yeah. good and evil. And the second thing I get from reading these verses is that Jesus wins. And so I know on which side to place uh, my banner because I want to stand on the side of victory. All right. Now, if you read, thank you, Travis. If you read the text, where is that rebellious angel and the angels that joined, where are they cast out to? They cast out to the earth. So let's see how the battle continues on planet earth. Revelation chapter 12, Brittany, could you read for us verses 3 and 4? I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, Revelation chapter 12, verses 3 and 4. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, with seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. So who is this child? Your translation says baby. Who is this child, Nancy, that this dragon, we know who the dragon is now, the rebellious angel who leads a, a rebellion against God. Who is he wanting to destroy as soon as the child is born? Jesus. And I see that the word child, the C is capitalized. So that gives us a clue. That does give us a clue, though I'm not sure it's that way in the original language. Mm -hmm. But but certainly those who translated it from the Greek say, this is not just any child. In fact, can someone think of a scripture passage that, that shows that, that uh, Satan actually tried to do that, Rodney? Yes, we can find that in Matthew 2, verses 13 to 18. And I'm so thankful that we have four Gospels, because actually without Matthew's Gospel, we wouldn't know this part of the story 
of Jesus. But Matthew records an important event, and it very much um, validates what the prophecy told in Revelation. Would you read that for us? Yes, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, and it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Mm. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her child, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Mm. Now, as we read our Bibles, we know that God uses people to accomplish His work, right? Mm -hmm. Give yes. me the names of some people that God used to accomplish His work. Abraham. Abraham. Mary. Moses. Mary, beautiful example. Joseph. Daniel. Daniel. We could think of many. Yes. Yeah. But I want you to notice that Satan, the fallen angel, and his evil forces yeah. also use people mm -hmm. to try to accomplish their goals. Yes. Who is Satan using in this story? King Herod. Yeah. King Herod. It's interesting. He was very angry when he felt he was deceived, but he was actually the one trying to deceive. Mm -hmm. Remember what he said to the wise men? I want to come and worship him too. He had no intention of worshiping Jesus, the, the Christ child. But, but Satan is using King Herod, just as we had read in the prophecy. Now, the attack on Jesus, even as an infant, the attack is not the only attack in the life of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. As you scan, you've read the gospel record. Uh, Addison, can you think of another time when, uh, when the forces of darkness, Satan and his evil angels, sought to destroy Jesus? Well, Derek, uh, just two chapters later, we read in Matthew chapter 4 mm -hmm. about the temptations that Jesus faced in the wilderness after his anointing, after his baptism. And each time, even though it was, he was hungry and thirsty and uh, tired, he was able to overcome those temptations with a thus saith the Lord. I remember I was teaching the Bible to my, uh, one of my grandchildren, and, and she read the text. No, no, Satan, it says in the scriptures. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's a lesson to learn, isn't it? Yes. Uh, but that was great illustration, Addison, during what we call the temptations. But Harold, those weren't the only challenges, no. were they? Can you think of another time when, when Satan launches an intense attack against Jesus? Yeah, there was one occasion where he was about to be stoned because he was accused of blasphemy. Mm -hmm. and, and, and actually, there was even another occasion when he was about to be pushed over a cliff. And even in Gethsemane as well, there was lots of pressure from Satan because he was, I mean, it was like 
him with all the weight of the sins of the world, and then Satan trying to dissuade him from going to the cross. So you could, you're listing quite a few events uh, in Nazareth, where they take him out, want to throw him off the cliff, where they want to stone him when he says before, Abraham was, I am, John chapter 8. Sabina? I'm also thinking of Judas. He was a close disciple to Jesus, a person who knew Jesus very closely and well, and yet he, you know, was used by the devil to not only, uh, you know, try to deceive Jesus, but to deceive us all. So that's interesting. Another example, like King Herod, of someone Satan was using to try to accomplish his purpose. Nancy? I'm thinking of the time when Peter um, was, well, Jesus was telling his disciples that he was going to suffer and die, and Peter didn't want to hear that. He, so he said, no, 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 that can't be. And Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. So even in, in that, Peter thought he was, you know, doing something nice for Jesus by telling him, no, we don't want that to happen to you. But actually it was, it was Satan who was... And, and we know, thank you for that great mm -hmm. illustration. We know that Jesus wasn't calling Peter Satan. No. Mm -hmm. He was recognizing that Satan was trying to use right. Peter's good intentions, right. but to do derail him or to turn him aside from the will of God and the plan of God. And obviously the greatest uh, f attack happened when? On the cross, that's right. When they're mocking and saying, well, you saved others, you save yourself, spitting on him, you know. Uh, what, what is Satan trying to do there? Keep him from accomplishing. Not, not just discourage him. Keep the plan of salvation from yep. being fulfilled. Keep the yep. plan of salvation from being fulfilled. He would like the story to end. Mm. Jesus loses. Mm. Satan wins. wins. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Now, I want to go back to the book of Revelation, if I can, mm -hmm. because in verse 5 of Revelation chapter 12, we find also a beautiful reference to Christ's faithfulness in the plan of salvation. And uh, Jason, I see you ready there. How does your Bible read in Revelation 12 and verse 5? The New King James Version says, Revelation chapter 12, verse 5, She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. When did that happen, anyone? Shana, when, when, when was the child caught up to God and to his throne? Well, I would think that ultimately after the plan of salvation was fulfilled and he ascended to heaven. Sure. To yeah. be one with God. Absolutely. He was raised from the dead and ascended to heaven. Let's look at a couple of passages. Just remember, someone may be led to Hoop Sabbath School today and they've never heard this story. But Jesus dies for our sins, mm. the scripture says, according to the scriptures. But he didn't stay in the grave, did he? Amen. Lalika, could you go to Luke chapter 24 and read for us what uh, Dr. Luke says? Now, Dr. Luke was not one of the 12 disciples, right? He was a Christian who traveled, a physician who traveled with the Apostle Paul. And the Holy Spirit impressed him to write an account along with Matthew and Mark and John. How does he record Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 7? I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, 
bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it appeared, and it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces on the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men mm -hmm. and be crucified. But the third day, rise again. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you can see Lalika's face, but when she said he's not here, he is risen. Yeah. She smiled. Wow. Because there's the victory over the grave, not just for Jesus, but for all of us, yes. the plan of salvation. Yes. And that same Dr. Luke who wrote the gospel in the book of Acts also gives a beautiful revelation. Stephanie, if you could read in Acts chapter 1, and let's read verses 9 through 11. Uh, here again, this is what the revelation is speaking about when it says that child was caught up to God and to his throne. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Mm -hmm. So he's caught up to God and to his throne. Mm -hmm. He's even now at the right hand of the Father, ministering on our behalf. Amen. But we want to go back to the book of Revelation now, because even though Satan lost in the battle when Messiah came, tried to kill him as a child, tried to kill him during his earthly ministry, tried to crush him on the cross, but was defeated. Christ rose again and ascended to his Father in heaven. Satan still continues the battle on planet Earth, doesn't he? Yeah. Harold, could you read for us in Revelation 12, verse 10, and the first part of verse 12, because we want to hear a little more about this battle and the victory that Jesus offers us. Yes. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Well, By the way, if the text ended there, oh, yeah. now why don't you read on? But if the text ended there, we'd go, oh, that's awesome. Rejoice, yes. you know, right? Yeah. Because victory is ours in Christ. And by the way, if we don't remember anything else, let's remember in this battle, Jesus wins. And Satan loses. So we know which side we want to stand on. Yes. But 
let's read the next little part of verse 12. Okay. And it says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Now, I have a question. Uh, Shana, maybe you could help us with this. Um, if, if Satan was defeated when Christ came and worked the plan of salvation, why is he still fighting? What do you think? Well, he's delusional. He probably still has some idea that he can still win. We see in another part of Revelation that once Christ does come and redeem his people, that he's still trying to fight. He's still trying to overtake the the city that Christ and all his in, inhabitants are with. And so the devil, I don't know, he has this perception that he's still powerful enough to win. And, and because he's tempted so many people who have chosen the losing side, he thinks he has the power, but he, he's still a loser. Mm. I, I think that's a good point. He may think he wins. And there may be another reason. And I see several hands raised. Brittany, Shana, what do you think? Well, um, there is this battle that's still playing out, and we still, as human beings, get to choose which side we're going to be on. So he's trying to get as many people as possible to fall for his deceptions and follow him because he knows that that hurts God. Ah, that hurts so, God's heart. So maybe delusionally thinks he might win, but even if he's going to lose, he... He wants to hurt the heart of God, mm -hmm. uh, yes. Sabina? Very much that's what I had in my heart also to share that up until now, even though he is defeated, Jesus has won. The plan of salvation is available for us all to be winners with Christ. Still, we have the decision to make. And mm -hmm. Satan has the plan of taking as many people as, his, uh, as he can to death, mm -hmm. to, you know, to the end of this journey without Jesus. I see a couple of hands raised from our remotes too. Travis, uh, you see that, you know, you're, you're involved in ministry and cheering. You see that battle. Uh, Satan has definitely not just said, well, Jesus won, I lost. Derek, if, if you would allow, I'd like to read kind of a apparent verse to, to this question. Okay. Where is it found? Verses. It's found in John chapter 12, 31 and 32. All right. Give us a moment to find that. John... Chapter 12, verses 31 and 32. Yes, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. All right. Why do you think that's important in terms of explaining that the battle continues? In the context of the cross, um, the ruler or the accusations against God um, are cast out because Jesus wins the battle on the cross. And now the world can make a, a decision either for evil or for Satan or for Jesus and victory. All right. So, so the battle lines are drawn. I want to go to one more text. Um, and Addison, if you could read that for us in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. And then I want to ask you, in fact, I'd like to ask our Hope Sabbath School team around the world how you are seeing where you live the battle intensifying as we come towards the end of Earth's history. But uh, Addison, read for us, if you will, First Peter 5 and verse 8. And I'm reading from the King James Version, First Peter 5 verse 8. It says, Be sober, 
Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Mm. All right, roaring lion. Um, what, what's the key word there? Mm. How about the word devour? Yes. What mm -hmm. does devour, what's the, what, what, what comes with the idea of devour? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's out to kill you, yeah. right? Yeah. Not to yeah. bite you. Yeah. He's out to destroy you, and mm -hmm. I think, Brittany, you're right on target. If all he can do is hurt the heart of God, yeah. that, that would be enough. But maybe Shane is right. Maybe still there is some kind of delusion that he can get the majority, mm -hmm. and, and, and he can win this battle. Rodney? The other interesting word there, Derek, is seeking. Mm. So he's ah. not just casually looking, he's, oh. he's, he's really, really mm -hmm. having a maniacal focus, very intentional, very deliberate in trying to persuade us to go against God. So maybe someone's joining us for Hope Sabbath School today and they're saying, I feel like I'm under that attack. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, feel like, uh, I feel like the lion, mm -hmm. the devil, the roaring lion, is closing in on me. Uh, that person needs to know, you need to know, that in the story, if you trust Jesus, Jesus wins Amen. and Satan loses. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's crucially important. Yes. Now, I want to yeah. come back to a verse that actually Harold read a little bit ahead on verse 11. I want to go back there, Nancy, if you could read it for us. Again, maybe, Harold, we needed to read it twice, right? Because in the midst of woe to the earth, Satan's come down. He knows his time is short. Embedded in the middle of that, in verse 11, is a word of hope, Nancy. Revelation 12 and verse, 11. and verse 11, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So they did what? Overcame. Somebody say amen. amen. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah, that's, that's the message of the book of Revelation, that when we trust in Christ, we can overcome the kingdom of darkness, right? Yes. Christ has already gained that victory. We're identifying with his victory. Now, what were those three elements there? They overcame by? What was the first one? The blood of the Lamb. Someone tell me, what does that mean, to overcome by the blood of the Lamb? Have a, yes, Brittany. Well, Jesus' sacrifice. He shed his blood for us so that we can be forgiven and cleansed and given eternal life. So because he died, he took our place. He was our substitute, and now we have access to eternal life through him. So the blood of the Lamb means that I'm claiming and accepting Jesus' sacrifice for me personally and accepting that he died for me and believing that he did that for me, I, have, I can overcome. Maybe someone will make that decision today. Yes. That they will stand under the banner of Jesus, right? Yes. That's what it means, isn't it? To overcome by the blood of the... I stand in the victory that Jesus has already accomplished over the enemy. Yes. Stephanie. And I would just take that one step further and declare it to Satan ah. when that battle is rough. Yes. Mm -hmm. I remember someone saying... Get behind me, Satan. I belong to Jesus. Amen. Right? Yes. So they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. That's so important. Get behind me, Satan. I belong to Jesus. Yes. Now, the worst thing Satan could do, I suppose, would be to destroy you, to kill you. And we know many godly people 
in, in different situations, right? They, mm-hmm. they, they, they suffer attack, martyrs, mm-hmm. but, but, but Satan can't take away their eternal life in God That's right. Right. because they're standing under the banner of Jesus. Yeah. So they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. Nancy, what was the second part? And the testimony of Jesus. Uh, I, I, I think it, the, the word, word of their testimony. The word of their testimony, right? Does anybody want to help me with that? The word of their testimony. Yes, Sabina. I think that's where it goes, the choice part of it that we were discussing here, that it's the, the part of your life in which you need to demonstrate by your living faithfully to Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit that you really belong to Jesus as you are claiming. And, and Brittany kind of alluded to that, didn't she? But uh, yeah. I think it's good to say it again. Jesus is not only the Savior of the world, He's my Savior, yes. right? Yes. My testimony, that yes. Stephanie, you said, I declare. Yes. Exactly. Uh, doesn't yes. it say in the Scripture, everyone who calls mm-hmm. on the name of the Lord mm-hmm. shall be saved. So I declare... Yes my testimony that I have decided to follow Jesus. Brittany? And I think it's important to remember when we share our testimony, it impacts others and then they too can choose to belong to Jesus as well. So not only does sharing our testimony have power in our lives, it actually impacts those around us to say, wow, if God can do that for you, he can do that for me too. So here we are. Christ has accomplished the victory. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father. We know from Revelation He's going to come back in glory as He promised in John 14, 1 to 3. And He's going to receive us to Himself, right? But between now and then, there's a war going on. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 12. Shana, if you could read for us from Revelation 12, verse 6 and verses 14 to 16. It talks about a woman in the wilderness. Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. And verses 14 through 16. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. There is so much in those few verses, isn't there? Who is the woman that the dragon is is now attacking? Yes, uh, Rodney. Well, clearly this is symbolic language because we don't have a physical woman with two wings right. like living, so it's symbolic language. Um, and we see in several places in the Bible where the woman is, uh, is synonymous to the church. The God's pure people, woman? The pure woman, yes. Mm-hmm. There are several places in the Gospel in Ephesians, Second Corinthians. Sure. And here it is, we see a depiction of God's people, His church, mm-hmm. uh, given the opportunity to seek refuge. Um, as, as there was persecution that was going on at the time, and so God preserved His people. So there's something very shocking. Travis, help us with this. There's something very shocking because, remember we said that, um, that Satan can use people, right? Yes. Like King Herod and Judas was mentioned. Mm-hmm. 
but actually, actually during this time, this 1260 years, Satan actually uses a religious power to fight against the saints of the Most High. Where, where is that found in the scriptures other than in Revelation? Do you remember? Uh, well, I'm, I, think, I'm, I think of Revelation 14, but I also think in Daniel. Um, in Daniel... Uh, chapter 7? Chapter 7, yeah, 21 and 25, I believe. Yeah, would you uh, read that for us, uh, Travis? Um, yeah. Because, by the way, how many years before the writing of the book of Revelation did the prophet Daniel mm. record his testimony? Anybody? 700? No, it's about 600 years, yeah. approximately, right? Yes. From, from the writing of Revelation uh, back to the writing of Daniel. But... But what did Daniel prophesy would happen during those uh, 1260 years, Travis? I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Daniel chapter 7, 21 and 25. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Verse 25, he shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hands for a time and times and half a time. So what power did the dragon use to persecute the faithful church during that time period? You say it was the organized Christian church, which was based in Rome. How could, how could the enemy convince a religious organization that professed to be following Jesus to persecute the faithful followers of Jesus? How, how could that possibly happen? Brittany? Well, it happened at the time of Christ. The Jews who were professing to have the truth about God um, were the ones that actually you know, caused Jesus to, they were part of the process and having him be crucified, you know? So Satan's doing the same thing in different time periods, trying to use a religious group to turn against God and uh, deceive them and making people confused. All right. Um, this is deep, isn't it? Yes. But I want you to remember that during the time of Jesus, while Jewish religious leaders sought to put Christ to death, they were faithful Jews. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. Nicodemus yes. and Mary and Martha and Lazarus. There were lots. And during these dark ages, as it's described, mm -hmm. they were faithful followers of Jesus, too. Jason? Yeah, so a religious group is still made up of humans. And as humans, uh, we can make mistakes and we have tendencies to desire power and even to use force. And so sadly, religious leaders throughout history have used power and force and abused the good things that God has mm -hmm. given us. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to go to Shana, one of our remote team members. Shana, how, this is kind of startling message that, that a religious power... The little horn power is identified as a religious power would fight against the faithful saints of the Most High. So the devil convinced that religious power so much of error that they believed that it was truth and wanted everybody to be following after that error. And if you weren't in compliance with that, they would they persecuted those people. They put them to death because 
they were wrong. And and as Brittany mentioned, that that was the same ideas that were being promoted in Jesus's day. And as prophecy tell us, will be the same things that will happen in the future to the people who are standing for God's truth. So, <laughs> you know, some people hear this as like, wait, wait a minute, that that's just so hard for me to understand. But there were faithful people who were put to death mm-hmm. trying to reform that religious system that had gone astray. Yeah. Rodney? I just also wanted to point out that, as, as Shana indicated, in Jesus' time, the Jews partnered with the Romans, so the state. Ah. In the, in the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages, the same thing, partnering with the state, the religious entity. And so it is going to be in, in the last days where the, there's going to be a religio-political um, environment mm-hmm. created that will persecute the saints of God. Mm-hmm. So a careful study of the book of Revelation and Daniel will identify this 1260 years. From that time, the political power is given to the organized Christian church in Rome to the time when the leader of the church is taken captive in 1798, right? But, and appears at least to lose all political power, though that deadly wound is going to be healed, mm. according to the prophecy. Um, is that, is that, is Satan still using religious institutions to persecute the faithful people of God? Travis, you have your hand raised. Derek, you know I'm so thankful for the book of Revelation because in the book of Revelation, uh, chapters 2 and 3, we're, giving, uh, we're given a history of the churches. And this church in the period we're talking about is found in the, the church of Thyatira. And I think in, in, in Revelation 2.21, it, it talks about this church and it says um, that God gave her time to repent, but she did not, which means the church is continuing in the same manner as it did even back then. So it just adds um, to what we've been discussing, you know, that unfortunately, you know, sometimes Satan, well, he does use people um, to try to deceive even the world. Mm. Jason. Religious persecution exists across the world. In fact, there's probably Hope Sabbath School members watching who live in places where they could potentially be persecuted or restricted for their beliefs. So he can use a lot of different agencies. We had the, the, the organized Christian church during the Dark Ages. You know, we get the history of all of those people who were martyred, yeah. right? But, but you're saying it can happen. Satan will use any organization that is yeah. willing That's right. to be used to accomplish his ends. And the battle intensifies. Well, back to Daniel chapter 7, there was a little bit of encouragement in verse 25. I'm wondering, uh, Addison, if you could read that again for us, because I don't want us to leave depressed. I want us to go and say, well, hallelujah, I've chosen Jesus as my Savior, and in this great battle, help me now, Jesus wins, wins, and Satan loses. loses. Uh, What what encouragement, Addison, do you see in Daniel 7, verse 25? And I'll be reading this verse from the King James Version. Verse 25, it says... And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. 
All right. I was maybe I'm wanting the next verse after yes. that. Where does it say that they're going to overcome? Daniel chapter 7, help me someone. Uh, 27. Oh, it's verse, is it 26 and 27? Because it says here... um, Hold on just a minute, Harold. I need you to read that for me. What verse is it that we need to read that shows the the end of the story? Uh, 26 and 27. All right, Daniel 7, Yep. verses 26 and 27. This is an interactive study, right? (laughs) So you're helping fill in this important piece. How does that read in your Bible? So I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion, to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion, and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven, shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Amen. So that's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Jesus and his people mm-hmm. win. win. They win, win. because we choose to stand with him. Yes. Well, I want to ask a personal, a practical question, and you're joining us for Hope Sabbath School. Maybe you can respond. Write to us, sshopetv.org. How, ha- how do you see the battle intensifying in your own life? Mm-hmm. Here we are. This last day message is going out. We're studying. We're going to study about the three cosmic messages in this series. How do you see, as you look around, the battle between good and evil intensifying? Yes, Addison. I feel like just with the amount of of, of work and the time it takes, while it is fulfilling, I find myself sometimes almost feeling neglectful. Of, uh, of certain components of my spiritual journey, just yeah. finding the wheels are turning, but I, I'm finding at times challenging moments of challenge to get that that quality time with God that you know I've had previously, and so yeah. um, it is a continual battle. Uh, but it is 2023; Jesus is coming very soon, and I I just need to continue prayer and need to continue to press on and keep my eyes fixed on Jesus because the battle is real sometimes. Mm. Thank you for that honest sharing, Addison. There's some, someone else in grad school or an undergrad or working in a busy profession who says, that's how I feel, Addison, right? Uh, and, and the battle, Satan will try to distract us any way he can. Uh, Jason? And building off what Addison said, even those of us who may have a good amount of time that do have studying, we can still get exhausted and overwhelmed just by what's going on in life, whether it's in work or in our families. And me personally, this is kind of my situation. I have to be careful because I can easily get exhausted even from doing good things. And the devil likes to use that exhaustion and he can be very tempting with that exhaustion. Mm. You know, we talked when we were reading about this uh, little horn power seeking to change times and laws. Uh, I want to look at an the identifying characteristics of God's end time people, mm-hmm. Revelation 12, 17. We're, we've been looking at Revelation 12 in our study as we're beginning this series on the three cosmic messages. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask Lika, you're on your way there, aren't you, yes. to Revelation 12 and verse 17. Uh, what are the identifying characteristics of God's faithful people in the end time? I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring 
who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. So he's angry with the church, right? Yeah. The yes. dragon is Satan, the woman is the church, and the rest or remnant, um, I'm not a seam seamstress or a, or a tailor, but I know a remnant is the last part, right? So this is the last part. We're in the end time, and, and he, he's fighting. Why? Because he knows what? Time is short, right? And actually, maybe Shana, even though he's a bit delusional, maybe he really does know that he's lost. But he's trying to hurt as many people as possible. But these, the remnant are keeping the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. What commandments does the enemy particularly want us to transgress? Or does it not matter? It just whichever one. What do you think, Stephanie? Mm. I think as long as we're not in alignment with God, he's happy with that. Yes. As you think about the uh, temptations in the wilderness, someone mentioned those three great tests. What, what commandment was he wanting Jesus to break in that time, uh, Rodney? He, he wanted Jesus to worship him. Yeah, yeah. And, First and, commandment, right? And I couldn't agree more with Stephanie, which is, if he, if he gets us to, to break any one of them, the word says that if you break one, you break them all. But in particular, he wants worship. Mm. And, and he wants us to, to, to not see Jesus as, as the creator. And the creator deserves mm. our worship and praise. So if he can help us to the fourth commandment that talks specifically about God being the creator, that's what he's honing in on. So, so you have the first commandment, which yes. is no other God. God's so don't before. worship anyone, right, except the one true God. Mm -hmm. And the special sign of his creative power is the Sabbath. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord says, remember it. Yeah. And Satan says, forget it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But, but maybe he doesn't mind if you become an adulterer or a murderer or an extortioner. He just mm -hmm. wants you to step out yes. of God's plan for your life. Lalika? Well, I will also agree with them, but specifically the fourth commandment have, you have been mentioned. I think all of the, the commandments is about when we break them, we um, are worshiping um, something that is not the real mm. God. But the fourth commandment here is the one is really being attacked. Fear God, give glory to Him. This is one of the messages, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Worship Him who made the heavens and the earth. It's a worship. Uh, we're out of time, but, but it's the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus. What's that? Anybody? The test they have to the, keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Jason, what's the testimony of Jesus? Well, that can be our own story of what Jesus has done in our lives, proclaiming it. All right. Anybody else? The testimony of Jesus. Addison? I see this as the experience, our own personal experience that we're having with Jesus. Mm -hmm. As day by day we're choosing the winning side, we're having an experience with God. And it's a, it's, it's a work in progress, like I showed earlier. It's a work in progress and there's growth, but it, it, it is an experience with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we're out of time, but we're starting a series on three cosmic messages. Uh, but maybe your life is the testimony that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and your soon coming King. Maybe your life, freedom from fear in the midst of all of this evil and chaos because you have chosen to accept Jesus as your Savior. You can overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony. And yes, 
You don't even love your life that you would shrink from death as long as you're dying in faithfulness to Jesus. My friend, this series is going to be so important. I want to invite you to stay with us. Don't forget that free resource. Go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. But I'm going to pray that God would firmly plant in your heart that you want to stand with Jesus, the victor in this great controversy. Father in heaven, thank you as we begin this series on three cosmic messages that we can choose not only to know that Jesus wins, but to stand with Jesus in his victory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us on this first episode of our series, Three Cosmic Messages. It's going to be such a blessing. And I pray that you would trust Jesus today as your Savior, as your victor, and then go out and be a blessing to those around you.